there and welcome to The C Word with me, Beck Hughes. I'm a brand consultant, graphic designer, business coach for creatives and creative coach for businesses. Here, we'll talk about creative with a capital C. Excuse ums, ahs, pauses and playfulness. This podcast is recorded with passion and purpose and we're not here to worry about the polish. This is where you'll find brand, design, business and blue sky chats. Along with my guests, I'll share tips, advice and inspiration for your creative business with plenty of laughs along the way. We'll join the dots between creative and business because when the two meet, that's where the growth, the good times and the magic happen. Let's go. Welcome to episode six of the C Word podcast with yours truly, Beck Hughes. Wherever you're listening, in the car, maybe you're cooking dinner or out for a walk or at work, I hope you're having a fabulous day. Today's episode of the podcast asks potentially a quite controversial question, and that is, is Canva damaging your brand? I can already hear the gasps reverberating throughout Australia and beyond, but don't be alarmed. Today is not about a Canva bashing exercise, far from it. Canva is one of the many amazing tools you have available to you to make you feel and be an empowered, independent and effective brand owner. However, in my opinion, it does come with a graphic health warning. And this relates to how you use Canva or similar applications in your business as well as how other trusted partners may use it when doing work for you. For example, perhaps your well-meaning VA who wants to do a great job and keep your content fresh and varied, but may unwittingly be doing more harm than good. In this episode, I talk about Canva as the facilitator, not necessarily the cause of what I call Vanda branding, which, albeit unintentional, is inflicting damage to your brand, particularly in a visual sense. I'll also cover off some of the watchouts when it comes to using design template resources like Canva and the crucial distinction between seeing those tools as the vehicle to expand an original and defined brand, which has already been created by the way, versus being the originator of your brand. And I'll also chat a little bit at the end about how both business owners and designers can be proactive in managing the role of Canva in the brand landscape to ensure it's a value add and not a vandal. It's a little bit controversial and it may touch a nerve with some, but to be honest with you, I am here to tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. So strap in and let's get going. I did a post quite recently about the topic of Vanda branding. And what I mean is the damage that you do to your brand, particularly visually, when you don't do certain things intentionally. So that word is a portmanteau of vandalism and branding. 
And the obvious implications of vandalism are causing some damage, doing things that aren't well thought out just to put something out there to make a statement. But what vandalism ultimately does is not a good outcome. It's not graffiti, it's not art, it's a mess. So why do I bring this up on a podcast about Canva? Am I suggesting that Canva is somehow the perpetrator of this brand vandalism? Well, the first thing I want to say before I'm lynched is I have nothing at all against Canva. Today, what I'm talking about is how we use Canva and what makes the difference between getting the best or the worst from the program. Canva and other templates and tools very similar are great. They have a role to play. And I think what they have done in making design and design application accessible to more small business owners in particular is brilliant. Don't get, I use Canva myself. There are certain things that I find much easier to do in Canva, like including GIFs or videos in posts that it's much harder to do in Adobe, for example. And that prompts me to explain what Adobe is. And this is just a little bit of a digression here. In my creative business, there have been many occasions where clients ask me for their logo in Word or an editable version of their logo or their brochure. They want something that they can use themselves. Now, as a creative, and I make absolutely no apologies for this, I don't originate my work in Canva or anything in the office suite because all of those applications are not fit for purpose. They were not created, and I include Canva in this, they were not created for original design. The reason they are there is essentially what you would in cooking terms call assembly cooking where you might go and buy a kit that's got your fajita mix and the taco shells and a tomato salsa in it and you just go and buy the mince and the red capsicum and the onion and you cook it and you put it all together. You're not baking the tortilla from scratch. You're not making your own tomato chutney. So what something like Canva is, it's about design assembly. And if you haven't got the ingredients in there to create the recipe, then you won't get a great outcome. Now, when it comes to things like Word or PowerPoint, they just literally are not for design in any way, shape or form. So I'm not going to even really dwell on that other than to say that As a business owner, of course, you can use your logo and other design elements in those programs. That's an important part of you creating templates with which to do business. But nothing will be editable or originated in those programs ever. Never should be. If they are, then that's a red flag anyway. Because I would like to know why that person's producing work in those programs in the first place. So what designers are using are programs like Illustrator, InDesign, Photoshop, and those programs are specifically designed to originate creative work, to commit concepts and ideas 
into a real form in a way that can be used in lots of other applications and can also be edited. Now, the fact that you haven't got those programs doesn't mean that your designer has done something wrong, hasn't produced something that you can now use and edit to your heart's content. It just means that they've used the right tool for the job. So I just wanted to go to just dive into that for a second and perhaps dispel a bit of a myth about what programs are suitable and appropriate for originating design work. So back to Canva, and I don't want this to be all about Canva. It's not just Canva. There are other programs out there where you can find templates and things that you can use as your base starting point as a business owner to bring your brand to life. But Canva is probably the most developed, the most advanced and the most well known. And the thing with Canva, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but your beloved Canva may also be damaging your brand. Because the thing to note is that Canva is a really great tool to help you implement your unique brand consistently. And the key words there are tool, implement, unique, and consistently. So a tool is something you use to get an outcome. But you need to be able to know how to use that tool and you need to use it appropriately. Implementation is about rolling something out from a starting point that you've already established. If you haven't got the solid creative starting point for your brand, then you can't start implementing. Unique is the crux of this whole thing. And I'll talk about this more in a sec. Every brand should have a point of uniqueness. Otherwise, you're not, you don't stand out. You're just the same as everybody else. And there is no reason for your audience to pick you over 10 or 20 others. And if you're all using the same visual stimulus, then you all look the same. You're not building your brand. You're not making yourself recognizable. You're not setting yourself apart. And the consistency point is so important. To reinforce a brand, it's all about being consistent. Now, I had a client once, we'd done a lot of work to rebrand and redevelop them and reposition them on a global platform because they wanted to extend their footprint outside of Australia. So we did a really in-depth piece around their brand. We got clarity on what they wanted to achieve. We then started working on the visual piece of the project and everybody was happy. And then we produced all of the templates and the tools for them to start using their brand, built the website, created the email signatures, did all the brochures that they needed, started them off on socials, branded those consistently. Everything looked beautifully consistent and uniform. And then after about two or three months, that same client came back to me and she said, oh, I'd quite like to maybe add some different colors in or change things up a bit because I'm getting a bit bored with my brand. That makes me put the brakes on (laughs) because the key thing there is whilst you might be bored, and I think bored is probably the wrong word, but if you are starting to feel that your brand is repetitive and you're seeing the same thing over and over, what you need to bear in mind is your audience, unless you're really lucky and you're really out there and you're the marketing guru that we all need to know, your audience isn't seeing your brand every day. 
they are nowhere near getting bored with your brand. In fact, they're only just getting to know it. They're only just starting to build up the neural pathways of recognizing and connecting your brand to certain key symbols and messages and colors and words. So as soon as you start to dilute some of that consistency, then you're undermining all of that learning that your audience has done. They are not bored. In fact, they respond very, very well to consistency because it makes you much easier for them to find. It makes you much quicker for them to recognize and it helps them trust you because you're reliable, because you don't flit around. So never think that by being consistent, you're being boring and you're boring your audience. It couldn't be further from the truth. Your brand being unrelatable, not continuing to be relevant or connected with your audience is different. So don't mistake those two things. Don't mistake repetition and consistency with not being appropriate or relevant because they're two different things. So back to Canva, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I do love a bit of a digression, but sometimes things pop up and I feel like I really need to explain them. But back to Canva. So like I said, Canva's a tool to help implement your unique brand consistently. But when Canva's not handled with care and used in an appropriate way, it can be quite a quick and slippery slope down into Samey Street, where everything starts to look a little bit the same. And what I mean by that is not you being consistent, is you looking the same as every other Tom, Dick and Harry on the internet and in the world and in your sector and in your industry. So allowing Canva to be the originator of your brand is kind of a bit like serving up TV dinners to your guests. When you invite people over for dinner and when they're not looking, you pop your head in the freezer and pull out a few frozen lasagnas, pop some holes in the lid and put them in the microwave and then dish it up and claimed you cooked it from scratch. (laughs) Because it'll be quite obvious that it was mass produced, that someone produced one big old lasagna in a factory and chopped it up and put it in a frozen tray. It won't be great quality. We know that. Like it has, it has a time and a place frozen lasagna probably around about when you're 18 or 19 and you're in uni or studying and you can't be bothered to cook for yourself and to be honest you probably feel like you've tasted it before because again (laughs) this is not about me being horrible about frozen food but you might also find that it sort of tastes a bit samey like everything else that you've tasted out of the freezer it's not original So Canva is a template platform. It provides lots of lovely on-trend templates that are brilliant. They're quick, they're easy to use, and they get you going. They get you past procrasta posting or procrasta creating and doing stuff. And getting your brand out there is really important. I'm a huge advocate for that. I always say to my clients at the end of a branding project that this is not the end. When you press publish on your website, when you send out to your email list that you've got this new brand that you want to share, it's not the end of the story. You need to then continue to build and grow and expand on your brand. But when you do that with Canva or similar templates as the center of your brand, 
And what I mean by that is when essentially you allow Canva to be the brand designer, then you quite quickly run into trouble for a couple of reasons. Now, the first reason is originality. So if everyone's jumping on the trending templates in Canva, and you've seen it, I can almost pick a Canva template in Instagram because they just really stand out to me as having a certain look and feel and quality about them. So when everybody's using those same trending templates, then like I said, it's really quite samey. Everyone starts to look very similar. The second area where you run into trouble is recognition. So what you start to do is dilute your visual fingerprint and therefore your impact. So instead of building this really recognizable brand that is yours, that you own because it's unique and your all of your visual signposts are very clear, your color palette combined with your tone of voice, combined with your brand symbols, all start to come together to create this visual fingerprint, which is yours. But instead of that, when you're using Canva template, then all you're really doing is building the Canva brand. You're reinforcing the Canva look and feel. You're supporting the proliferation, if that's a word, of the Canva on-trend templates. You're just helping them drive others to go out and seek those templates. The third dodgy area you find yourself in is where you start to lack consistency and authenticity. So when you're jumping from template to template, because it is a bit of a rabbit hole. So you get in there and you start to see all these new and exciting things that they're putting out all the time. And you start to cherry pick and grab different things and use something different every time. You're doing that thing that my client tried to do, which was reinvent the wheel because they were craving something new and exciting, but they were missing the point. So when you start to jump around, you don't build that strong, reliable, relatable brand personality of your own. You're kind of jumping around. It's like you're going to all your friends' houses, and one day you're going to Judy's house and you're wearing her clothes, and the next day you're going to Sammy's house and you're borrowing his clothes, And then the next day you go and see George and you wear their outfits and you're not creating a stamp of your own. You're not being yourself. You're starting to develop a bit of a multi-personality disorder. So your audience can't recognize you. They don't know what they're going to get from you one minute to the next. But what they're craving, like I said, is consistency because they want to be able to trust you. They want to be able to see you and recognize you when you turn up. Now, the fourth troublesome outcome of letting Canva control and drive your brand is the issue of ownability. And this is really important because this isn't just about your brand image. This also has implications for the legal side of your brand and and your IP and owning your copyright of your brand. So when you use Canva, whether it's to produce an Instagram tile or to originate your brand logo, you don't own it. It's pretty simple. Canva owns the intellectual property of that asset. So when a competitor pops up with an identical logo or the exact same look and feel, you don't have a leg to stand on, to be honest with you, because you haven't, you can't show that you created something original And Canva even make it very clear on their own website that you don't own 
the intellectual property rights to anything that was originated in their platform, they do. So you can't defend it. So not only is it really flipping annoying that someone's copied you, there's also nothing you can do about it. So again, that comes back to you not being able to stand apart and stand out and be an original and make that decision-making for your audience much easier. Because instead of looking at 10 companies that basically look exactly the same, they can see what your point of difference is and they can make an emotional connection with that if you're for them. But you've got to show them that side of you, that unique and original you, that fingerprint, for them to be able to make that distinction and make that choice. And the final issue with going down this path is the loss of quality and the lack of professionalism. So again, unpopular opinion, but Canva does not have the finesse that a qualified designer will have. They can't do because they've got to make it really simple and easy to use. So templates can be very basic. They can be a little bit clunky. There's only so much that you can tailor them. And that's okay. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's fit for purpose. But if you rely on Canva for all of your assets and for everything you do and you default to the Canva standard fonts, for example, then there will be a lack of finesse and a lack of quality. The other thing is Canva doesn't produce assets that can be scaled up. So if you want to use your Canva logo and suddenly you want to put it on a one meter sign outside your shop front, or you want to have it as a decal on your car, you won't be able to do that because it won't blow up in size. You can only use it at that tiny little size that you produced it on screen. It's not what's called a vector logo. And a vector logo, which is what your designer will produce for you, is something that can be scaled infinitely. But you won't get that in Canva. So as soon as you start to blow things up, it'll start to blur and pixelate. And to be honest with you, you look a bit rubbish. So like I said, this is what I refer to as Vander branding. When you slowly but surely vandalize your beautiful, unique and brilliant brand. All is not lost. I'm definitely not saying that you shouldn't be empowered to own your brand and to expand your brand and to create things for it. What I'm saying is there's a correct starting point and there's a right way to build your foundations and then you build from that using a tool. So the bottom line is start by creating an ownable brand that has cut through, that is a true reflection of you, not a Stepford wife that, you know, looks the same as everybody else and you stand everyone together and you can't tell the difference and they're all delivering the same message in a monotone voice. Start there and then use Canva intentionally to help you expand your brand. Okay, so building from that, what I do want to talk about is how... As a business owner, you can use these kinds of tools, a tool like Canva, more intentionally and how perhaps you can work with your designer and ask them for the right things so you can get the best outcomes. And also as a designer, how you can support your clients better. So you create for them that really unique and ownable brand, but also offer them the opportunity 
to be able to take that forward and to take some ownership. So as a business owner, I absolutely advocate for you working with a brand designer and starting there when it comes to creating your unique brand and make sure that you're working with a designer that is very much about creating something that is shaped around your business and your value and what makes you unique. So they're not producing something from a template. They're producing something that is unique and ownable to you. And then ask them, make sure that you're really clear on what the ownable assets are for your brand. So make sure that's part of the process. When you're starting to engage with a designer and talk about what the experience is going to be like, one of the things to ask is to ensure that as part of the process, they will help educate you on what the assets are they have created for your brand. What makes up your brand and why? What are the colors? What are the, what are the fonts? Why were they chosen? What are the other visual symbols and elements of your brand and how should they come together? Ask some of those questions about the mechanics of your brand so you feel empowered to be able to go forward and use it. Ask for guidelines. Any brand designer should put together some form of guideline for you. There's a continuum of brand guidelines and it's important that you understand what you're going to get from your designer so you can then go away and use that when you start to engage with a tool like Canva. And the final thing is, talk to your designer about templates. Not all designers do it, but lots of designers do know how to use Canva. They know how to use Canva very well to use it to its full potential. So ask them about one of the outputs of your project being some Canva templates. Can you put together maybe a flyer and some social media tiles and some assets that you can use? Now, designers, how are you going to support your clients to be able to get the best from the beautiful brand that you create? Because ultimately, that's what we want as creatives. We want to create brands that bring the absolute best out in our clients, and we see them continuing to use and love and embrace and expand on well into the future. So some of the things that you might consider doing to support your client in that is Can you offer them training to effectively implement their brand and perhaps how to use Canva? Can you offer a service where you set up your client's Canva account for them? That you put in the right fonts and the colors and you upload all the brand elements for them in different formats that they can use? Or perhaps you can build in a service where you do offer a set number of templates, of Canva templates that fill certain needs for your clients, that you can build for them and hand over. So there's lots of ways that both as a business owner and as designers, that we can use Canva in the right way, in an intentional way, that we can get great things out of it, that we can see it as a tool to support brands and help them flourish. So to wrap up, by setting strong brand foundations, and then using Canva intentionally and in the ways it can be most impactful, there are several important benefits that we can gain. 
Firstly, you save time because you're not tinkering and reinventing the wheel, aka procrastinating designing. And that's time you could spend elsewhere in your business. Secondly, and really importantly, you're not undermining or damaging the consistency, recognition or cut through of your unique brand. And thirdly, you're establishing the IP of your brand and not risking blending in or being unable to defend your brand against copycats or others who just happen to use the same template as you, actually. Just noting, of course, it is always well worth talking to a trademark lawyer about how you protect your brand equity. It's all about being mindful of the role of something like Canva and quite honestly, being aware of what it does do and what it doesn't do. So as you were, sort of, what I want to encourage you to do is use Canva effectively and intentionally as your brand companion. And at the same time, ensure you're being the champion of your brand and building your own unique brand fingerprint. So thanks again for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this one. Like I said, I don't want this to be a Canva bashing episode. I just want to be really honest and really clear about the role that it can play in your business. Because it can be amazing, but it can be a bit of a vandal if you let it. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. Now, if you're a creative and you'd like to up your business game, check out how we can work together in one of two ways. My Creative Business Incubator course is a 12-week program that teaches the essential foundations to give you clients, creative space and cash flow so you love and stay in love with your business. If you're a freelancer ready to actually be free or a solo creative and you want to grow without compromising your creative mojo or sacrificing your sanity, this is for you. If one-on-one is more your style, my Creative Business Insider Coaching is for creatives who have been in business for a little while and now you're ready to start doing bigger and better. We work together to take back control of your creativity, your time and your finances so you can craft a business that serves you, not one that you're a slave to. And if you're a business owner with big brand ambitions, you can join me for bespoke brand strategy creation to give you the brand everyone else wishes they had. Head on over to my website for more info. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay. <laughs>